0: The opinions and suggestions expressed on the following program are solely those of the participants and are not necessarily endorsed by KRMG, Cox Media Group Incorporated, or the program sponsors.
1: Stay tuned for Money Talk, an informative and educational show that's all about money and investments, from 401ks to IRAs to insurance. Your host is Dan Witham, a Wall Street veteran with over 25 years of experience in the securities industry. Dan is a branch manager with LPL Financial. The opinions voiced on this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC. All investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. Now, here's Money Talk.
0: Good Sunday morning to you. My name's Russell Mills, and this is Money Talk. We're live and local in the big city (coughs) of Tulsa this morning with Mr. Dan Witham. If you have questions for him today, you can text him at 95920 every week. Dan gives away a free book this week. I am positive will be no exception. And this week is about the Dow. I believe the book is. Dan with him. Good morning. Right, Russell. Well, good morning, Russell. How are you this morning? I am vertical
2: and tired. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, all good, brother. Well, I can imagine. I imagine you've had a long week. I'm, I know it's been we a long week have, in my business, too. Yeah. Yeah. The book this week is Beating the Dow by Michael O'Higgins. It's a book that was written in 1991, Russell, and it's a strategy for buying high-quality Dow Jones stocks and it's actually beaten the Dow about 95% of the time as far as returns go. And it's a strategy that I use in my office quite a bit. I've modified it a little bit. But this is an excellent book, and it's all about buying high-quality stocks, which are basically the Dow 30 stocks. And as you know, those are the biggest companies in America, in general companies like you know Coca-Cola, J.P. Morgan, Goldman Sachs, and a few others like Apple, those little companies in there. And we'll send people a free copy of this book, along with information on a Dow 10 strategy they can implement with as little as $10, which is pretty cheap. I think you can buy the whole portfolio for $10 with a unit investment trust is what it is. And it's on the Dow Jones stock. So we'll send the information out to them as well as the book. Absolutely free. Uh, no cost and no obligation. All that you do is give me a call at 918-398-8387. That's 918-398-8387. That is the weekend. See, so we'll get our voicemail. All you have to do is leave your name and your address. And we'll send you the book, Beating the Dow, by Michael O'Higgins, along with the information on the Dow 10 unit trust, which is kind of like a mutual fund, but it only lasts for a year or two. And you can buy it all in one basket. And then it trades them every year for you. and does it automatically for you. So it implements the Dow 10 strategy for you without any effort whatsoever. And uh, so, Russell, how's your week been? Well, you know, super crazy,
0: busy and surreal and bizarre, and you know <laughs> it just unlike any other week ever, except maybe the week before, but yeah it just it just keeps getting crazier it seems like how about you I, I, between Absolutely. between the the pandemic and the markets, I'm sure that your phone's been ringing just a little bit
2: oh yeah it's been it's been crazy, and this is one of the things I want to talk about today with people is. You know, we've got to learn to conquer our fears. We've got to learn. We've got many things right now to be afraid of. Russell. So there's a lot of people out there that are afraid of a getting sick, obviously, uh, the, with the corona, coronavirus. Uh, there's a lot of people that are worried about their jobs because we're, we're seeing massive layoffs and massive number of unemployment numbers, huge numbers as far as unemployment in the millions. Um, and we're also seeing the market capitulating and the market dropping at a fairly rapid play a fairly rapid pace. So it's like the perfect trifecta of fear, you know, for people to just be afraid in general. And this is a very uh, fearful time for people. And one of the things I will tell them is, you know, we always, we all feel anxious when the market drops a thousand points in a day, even if we aren't worried about losing our job temporarily or even if we aren't worried about getting sick and can't go to the store to buy food or whatever it is we need to do. So there's a lot of things going on that are causing fear for people in the market and outside of the market. Many people are experiencing fear uh, outside the market, but they're taking it on their, inv- on their investments because they aren't using a, a solid plan, if you will. They're kind of just going with flying by the seat of their pants and reacting based on emotion which is a very common response to a down market. Uh, But in this case, we have a down market combined with a potentially a serious recession coming up and or a lot of joblessness on the behalf of these people. And so one of the things I want to point out to them is that, you know, when you bought your stocks or your, your mutual funds, you probably had a plan in mind. If your plan is to buy XYZ stock or mutual fund or whatever it might be, And to hold it for five years when you bought it, let's say you bought it a year ago, and you want to hold it for five years, then this shouldn't change your plan. This pandemic should not change your plan one bit. Your strategy is still solid. You should still stick to your plan. You should still follow it. Um, You know, I'm a big fan of Sun Tzu and the Art of War. And he always says that you should never change your plan in the middle of battle. You should make your plan before the battle begins, that you can't make your plan in the midst of battle. And I would say it's absolutely true when it comes to investing, unequivocally true. Um, we talk a lot about Mr. Market being our opponent and about how Mr. Market reacts to certain things. Well, Mr. Market has a strategy, and he's going to invariably stick to it. You know, He'll show up at people's door, and he will knock on their door every morning at 830 uh, Central Time. And he will offer to buy their stocks from them at very low prices right now in this market. And many, many people, unfortunately, will trade with him in this market. And I have a lot of clients that are in the Dow 10, Russell, and I tell them not to any under any circumstances that they should never sell under this condition, that we should not be getting out of the market at this point. We should be holding what we have because we bought good stocks. And the intention was to hold them. And that's how the strategy works. You hold them for a year and a day and then trade them, re-rank the portfolio and trade them again after a year and a day. Now we have mr market as our opponent and we have to give him his due we have to respect him because he is our opponent and he will keep showing up at our door every day and he will keep offering to buy these stocks from us at very very low prices right now and there are many people unfortunately that will trade with him and many people that have already traded with him and uh russell you remember my analogy about the house
0: i do if you buy a house for two hundred thousand dollars you wouldn't really be interested in selling for 100,000. Uh, no matter how right. many times anybody knocked on your door saying, yeah, I'll give you a hundred grand for that. Because, Absolutely. because you can't just buy and sell houses willy nilly. Like you can, you know, stock portfolios, for example, Is that
2: fair. Well, and you know, yeah, and that's one of the problems that we have with technology. You know, technology has allowed people to liquidate their entire portfolio now for you know $50 or so, let's say, in commissions and fees, and they can do it in 30 seconds or less. And that problem that creates is that it makes it too easy for them to sell everything in their portfolio. And on top of that, they're receiving text messages and alerts on their phone telling them what their portfolio is doing every second of every day. And then they have CNBC and Fox Business News out there telling them the world is coming to an end you know, today, not tomorrow, but today before three o'clock central time, you better get out of the market right now. Uh, and so they do, a lot of people will capitulate. And, you know, like I said, Russell, you wouldn't sell your house for half what you paid for it a year ago, especially if you knew two years from now or three years from now, it'd be worth twice what it is selling for right now. Most people will not run out and sell their house. And the other thing I want to mention Russell is when you bought your house, I know you've lived in your house for a while. How long did you plan on living there?
0: Well, we plan on living there at least 20 years and we've right. been there about 30 at this point and right. don't have any plans on pulling up stakes anytime soon.
2: Right. So let's go back in time and let's say that a year after you bought your house, just for example, and let's say you plan on living there for 20 years and a year after you bought your house, the market dropped and your value went down, you know, by 50%. Would you've been in a hurry to sell it based on that?
0: Well, no, because I still need a place to live for one thing. And secondly, the value of the house and the land that it sits on really wasn't, hadn't changed that much. Maybe the price had changed, but the value right. was and still there. And I think that's the kind of the point you're trying to make with these, especially these bigger companies like the
2: Dow 10. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, the, the price has dropped, but the value stayed the same. The other thing is, your intention when you bought the house was to live there for 20 years, and the market conditions shouldn't dictate a change in your timeline. They might dictate a change in the price of the house, but they shouldn't dictate a change in your strategy, which was to own it for 20 years or longer. And so you, would, you, didn't turn, you wouldn't turn around and sell your house in that scenario and bail and sell it for half what you paid for it a year ago and intentionally incur a sizable loss in the process, when you could just sit on the house and live there and get the benefit of owning it for 20 years and watch it go up in value. And I'm willing to bet that if you lived in your house for 30 years, Russell, it's probably worth a good bit now than it was when you bought it.
0: Am and I th- right? We've actually done pretty good by just not moving. Yep. And keeping Absolutely. it
1: maintained, obviously.
2: Absolutely. So the best thing to you for your, in your case would have been just to sit still and not do anything. And I would say the same is true for many people right now. And the one thing they don't want to do and I will say this emphatically. They don't want to call up their advisor and try to talk their advisor into selling all their positions because I see people do this all the time. They call up their advisor, and they want their advisor to sympathize with them. And the advisor, of course, doesn't want to argue with them. They want to seem you know, like they're agreeing with them. And so they'll talk the advisor into liquidating their positions, and this is a bad thing for everybody this is not good for the investor and it it harms the advisor uh, relationship with the investor in the long run because then they, they think they look back and then the person will blame the advisor a year later for making that trade even though they called them up and begged them to make that trade and so i would say don't second guess your advisor let them run it and be unemotional about it
0: all right, time for us to take a quick time out, Mr. Witham. I'd like to remind folks that Dan gives away books every week, and this one's a good one. If you're interested in getting involved, well, this would be a book you could read while well, you got a little time on your hands. It's called Beating the Dow. You can get your free copy by calling Dan's office at 918-398-8387. Make sure and leave your name and address. It's Sunday. They're not there, but they do want to mail the book to the right address. So... 918-398-8387. More Money Talk after a quick timeout on 1023 KRMG. Welcome back to Money Talk here on 1023 KRMG. Tulsa's News and Talk. I'm Russell Mills. We will have your top stories for you in the KRMG 24-hour Fox News Center here at the bottom of the hour to let you know about the forecast, too, which no more fall and rain, I don't think, for at least a few days. We'll see some sunshine, hopefully, maybe even as soon as later today. Coming up next hour, Fox News Sunday. Chris Wallace always does an amazing (laughs) job. If you've got questions for us today, you can text us at 95920, and Dan Witham is our host. Welcome back, Dan, and the book you're giving away this week is... Is called Beating
2: the Dow. That's right, Russell. Thank you very much. The Beating the Dow by Michael O'Higgins. The book was written in 1991, and it tells you all about how to pick 10 Dow Jones stocks. It takes about five minutes a year to implement the strategy. It's a very, very simple mechanical strategy, one that works quite well and has you buying high-quality stocks, Dow Jones stocks, always Dow Jones stocks. And we'll send you a free copy of it along with information on a unit trust that actually implements the strategy for you, so you really don't have to do any of the work if you don't want to. It's all free. Just give me a call at 918-398-8387. That's 918-398-8387. It is the weekend, so we'll get our voicemail. Just leave us your name and your address, and we'll send you the book and the information. Absolutely free, no cost and no obligation whatsoever on that. Um, Russell, I've talked in the past about... Some ETFs on the show, and I want to talk about an ETF now. But at first, I want to explain what an ETF is. You anticipated
0: like- my question.
2: You're a good. You're a good talk show host. <laughs> Go for it. It's only taking me what three years to figure that. Out. <laughs> Not <laughs> true. Um, yeah. Um, anyhow, an ETF is an exchange traded fund. And what that means is kind of like a mutual fund. It's like a mutual fund that trades like a stock. Basically, it's a portfolio of a bunch of different stocks or bonds, depending on what type of ETF it is. And it's it's all in one ticker. You can buy it all at once, but it trades throughout the day like a stock does. So it might trade at 830 at one price and at 9 o'clock at a different price, whereas mutual funds only trade once per day. Another advantage to ETFs over mutual funds is their cost is generally much lower than a mutual fund, anywhere from one tenth to one twentieth of the cost of a mutual fund, in terms of internal fees and expenses. And all mutual funds and ETFs have internal fees and expenses. You don't see these fees, but you are paying them. They're in the prospectus, that little thick book that they send you once a year, that nobody reads in there. Right, that nobody reads, uh, but all funds have them. None of them work for free. None of them operate at zero cost. Anyhow, there's an ETF or a couple of ETFs that I like out there. They're put out by a company called Pacer, and they're called Pacer ETFs and different ones. What they do is we have one like for the NASDAQ that buys the NASDAQ 100. When it's above its 200-day moving average, they'll put 100% of their money into the the, uh, NASDAQ 100, which we refer to as the Q's. uh, QQQ would be the symbol to follow that. And when the market starts to go down, when it goes below its 200-day moving average, they move 50% of that money over to Treasuries. So they're half in Treasuries and half invested. Then when the 200-day moving average starts to decline itself, they move 100% of the money over to Treasuries. And so you're all in Treasuries at that point. And they have uh, several different funds. One is pegged to the S&P 500. One is pegged to the NASDAQ 100. And I use both of those funds and uh, I like to use both funds. So I think they're a great alternative for people who don't want to make decisions on their own. These ETFs make the decision for you as to when to enter and when to exit the market. And that's a great for a lot of people because it takes the emotion out of it. They do it for you. And, Russell, I understand we have a text question?
0: We do. Text texter came in at 95920 saying, I have a 401K. The company now offers a Roth. Should I convert some or all of presumably the 401k to the, to the Roth. Can you start by kind of telling us the difference? And then I'm, I'm guessing I know the answer you're going to give, but go ahead, sir.
2: Okay. No, that's a great question. It's a very, very good question. A Roth 401k is basically a 401k, just like you make normal contributions, except they're post-tax contributions. So if you're putting in $500 a month into the 401k, First, they will take out taxes in it. Your money will go into the Roth 401k post-tax. However, when you retire and take money out of it, you will not pay taxes on the gains or the original amount contributed. Of course, you already paid taxes on the original amount contributed because it's post-tax money, whereas normal 401k is pre-tax money. And the so the there, Roth I'm 401k, sorry. So the key sorry.
0: there is mm-hmm. you, you paid the taxes up front on right. the contributions, and anything that it earns when you take it out, this is the Roth version, right? Anything that it right. earns when you take it out, you don't have to pay taxes on the earnings.
2: Correct. That's absolutely correct. Now, what I would recommend the person do is start contributing to the Roth 401k on the Roth side in their 401k account. So make post-tax contributions. Now, whether or not they should convert their existing 401k over to a Roth really depends on their age. You know, I don't know if they're talking about contributions already in there or not, but that would depend on their age. The younger the person is, the bigger the benefit will be to them on the back end as far as the Roth account goes. So for somebody who's 30 years old, Russell, the advantage is much greater than for somebody who's 60 or 65, let's just say, for example. And the reason, of course, is because they have more time to accumulate more gains over the years going forward. Over which they won't have
0: to pay the tax.
2: Right, right, so a 30-year-old has ample time to you know double or triple or quadruple their money over 30 years or so, versus a 65-year-old who doesn't have nearly as much time to make up what they paid in taxes and everything else. So the answer depends on their age and, if, and a few other things, like what other assets they have outside of the 401k. because the conversion rules, uh, as far as taxation go, are kind of tricky, and they're kind of complicated, and they're different depending on how many outside IRAs you have and how much you have in those IRAs. And so I know it's a lot to get into, but there's, it's kind of in the weeds. So if they have a question, they can, they're welcome to call me at my office or call their CPA even and ask them as well. They might be able to give them that answer. And, and
0: that my guess, sense? I'm sorry, Dan, I keep yeah. jumping over you. It's so hard without being able to look at you. The, um, my guess was going to be, it would depend on their individual circumstances and and that's kind of where you went. So the the younger they yeah. are, the more they should be looking at the Roth alternative. Is that, does that sum it up fairly well?
2: right. And that's as far as conversion, but absolutely for contributing from now forward, I would absolutely say do the Roth regardless of their age, pretty much. I would say do the Roth. Yes. I think that's a good idea start putting money into the Roth IRA. You can divert the funds from the the traditional 401k side over to the Roth side. I would say that's definitely a good option for them to do at this point. I I think it's very prudent to do it. Yes.
0: Uh, We have another text question. Uh, It says, would Dan still recommend Braddock and Alpha Centric? And uh, I don't know what... either of those two things mean so you might have to explain that first
2: well and that's a very complicated question and the reason for that is uh i want to get into that after the break because i'd like to talk about that and i want to get i want to go in depth on that and that question because that's a great question and yes i think there's some great opportunities there but it's something we have to talk about because it's going to take a few minutes for me to explain it so i know we're how much longer do we have we have a couple minutes uh we got about a minute well about 30 seconds here um Um, tell you what let's let's do the go uh, ahead sir um, what I'm thinking is I want to answer that question in full, and I want to do it after the break because it is yep. a very involved question. Uh, there's been a lot of volatility in those funds of late, but I do think there's a great opportunity in those funds at the moment, and that's why I say I want to qualify my answer, so to speak, by explaining fully what I mean by that. Um, so, you know, it, those are those are bond mortgage funds is what they are. Mortgage-backed funds is what they are, mutual funds that they're referring to. and we'll, I'll get into that as soon as we get back from the break.
0: All right. Well, you timed it out very nicely, sir. I'll remind everyone, if you'd like a copy of today's book, Beating the Dow, you can get it by calling Dan's office, 918-398-8387. Make sure and leave your name and address so they can send the book to the right place. 918-398-8387 for your free copy of Beating the Dow. More money talk after the news on KRMG. The Money Talk here on 1023 KRMG, <clears throat> Tulsa's News and Talk. As my little gift, Dan with them, I, I picked the music. What do you think? Little Richard? Huh? I like it. I love it. <laughs> I'm glad you're happy, sir. Uh, I know what I know where your groove is. It's kind of late 60s, early 70s kind of stuff. Hey, we got your uh, news for you here in less than half an hour. And then, of course, Fox News Sunday. If you have questions for Dan with him today, you can... Text them at 95920, and we've had some questions texted in already this morning. I know you want to talk about that one, but first we need to remind folks about the book you're giving away this
2: week. That's right. Thank you, Russell. The book is Beating the Dow by Michael Higgins. We'll send people a free copy of this excellent book on how to buy 10 Dow Jones stocks each year, along with the unit trust information that does it for you automatically every year. It's all free. All you have to do is pick up the phone and give me a call at 918-398-8387. That's 918 918- 398-8387. Just leave us your name and your address when you get our voicemail, and we'll send that book and the information out to you absolutely free. Um, Russell, I want to go to our question that we had right before the break. Okay. You want me to read it again? Um,
0: sure, go ahead. It just says, would Dan still recommend Braddock, B-R-A-D-D-O-C-K, and Alpha Centric?
2: Mm-hmm. That's right. These are two mutual funds that are what we call mortgage-backed funds. They hold mortgage-backed bonds. Which are kind of a unique animal. And so they have taken some drops of late. And I would, my response to that question is, depending on the person, the investor, you know, I can't give a blanket recommendation for everybody to buy this thing, but depending on the person, the investor, yes, I would look to these as a good opportunity. They might be a good opportunity for some people. The reason I say that is they're undervalued at the present. Russell, I'm going to compare you, uh, to me. And let's say I'm an insurance company. Excuse me. Let's just say I'm a mutual fund company and you're, let's say you are new you own a house, Russell, okay? Okay. You buy your house for $200,000, right? Yep. We talked about this earlier. We did. You buy you buy your house for $200,000. A year later, the market kind of dries up for real estate. Doesn't make your house worth any less. It just makes it harder to sell in this case, right? Right.
0: So I might Does have to lower sense?
2: the price to get somebody to to buy it. Well, but what happens if you're a mutual fund, what happens in that case, and that's what happened to these people, the industry, the regulators make you write down the value of your house. Now, even if your house is still worth $200,000, they make you mark it down to $150,000, let us just say, because it's considered illiquid at that point. If you can't sell it. Right away, Uh they consider it illiquid. So in our business, companies are forced to write down the value of their assets, even though the real value has not changed. They're forced to mark down the price, shall we say, what they carry them at on their books. This is called mark-to-market, the concept that we have to rule, we have to play by in our industry. And it's just referred to as mark-to-market now when when all this stuff happened a few weeks ago with the industry and the markets going down, I talked to the fund managers of those two funds and i 've spoken with them and so I know what 's going on. The drop in their price is simply caused by a mark to market issue they have had zero defaults on their mortgages. They have no defaults. They have no problems with their bonds at all. But the industry regulators have forced them to mark them down because of a liquidity issue because people have generally stopped buying those bonds for, in the short run. They kind of stopped buying them. Now they're back to buying them. And liquidity has come back. has been restored. So the value of those bonds will go back up. The price, I should say, excuse me, will go back up over time. So they're actually fairly cheap right now compared to where they were You know, six months or a year ago. They're very cheap. So this is an opportunity for some people to that will step in and buy some of these positions and probably make good money on them. But you have to be aware, you know, they're, they're not suitable for everybody. This is not a recommendation for people to go out and buy the fund. I'm just saying I think that I would definitely hold them if I still owned them, and I would look at buying more in the near term because they've been marked down unnecessarily. There's been no drop in the value, just a drop in price on those securities. And when they get liquidity back all fully restored, the price will rebound accordingly. and should go right back up to where it was before. That's my thought, my two cents worth for what it's worth. Does that make we,
0: sense? Yeah. And can we talk recovery bigger picture just for a second? Because, um, Sean Copeland, I think you know Sean. He's president yeah. of the region uh-huh. bank here in town. He's also our uh, secretary of commerce and workforce development. I think it is. He told me that going into this particular economic crisis we were stronger than we had perhaps ever been going into a similar situation and that that he really thinks there's a lot of capital sitting on the sidelines waiting for the recovery to start he expects it to happen quickly when it happens do you you concur
2: Oh, I absolutely concur. I absolutely agree with that. And that's why I tell people not to get out of the market because when the market rebounds, it's going to rebound extremely quickly because everybody realizes there's nothing fundamentally wrong with the economy in the U.S. The economy has just been temporarily suspended, if you will, by government order, by government proxy, or however you want to say. It's just been ordered to shut down, and that's the only reason the economy has come to a grinding halt. You know, Goldman Sachs predicted the second quarter will have GDP drop of 25 to 30% in the second quarter of this year. And they're probably right, or close to being right, I would say. And we we're going to see a shutdown or a slowdown, but we know what the cause of it is. We know the only reason why we're stopping is because of coronavirus, and that's the only reason why all this is going on. There is no other fundamental underlying problem in the economy. And so this is a temporary shutdown, if you will, or a temporary suspension of the economy and of the, the engine that is our economic growth. And so I think that uh, Sean is absolutely correct. I think the government, the, excuse me, I think the market will rebound very quickly. And this is why we have to stay invested, because if you don't, you're going to miss the rebound, because it will occur very quickly. And a lot of people who are, get out of the market when it does this will not get back in until they feel safe and feel assured the market is going up. And by then it will be over for the most part. Yep. Does that make sense? Yep.
0: I think there's there's only one sector of the economy that I'm concerned about not making a quick recovery. Do you want to take a wild guess?
2: Probably the oil industry, I'm guessing. Is what <laughs> you are nailed referring it. To, yeah. You nailed it. And yeah. And I'd say, you know, that's probably the case, but that's also where the greatest value is right now. That's where the cheapest stocks are right now. I'd say by far. You know, companies like, you know, we talked about One Oak a few weeks ago. Companies like ConocoPhillips, you know, these are great companies. Their price is only down because oil prices have dropped precipitously, you know, over the last uh, five weeks or so. And when oil prices go back up, those companies will rebound. And anybody who's lived in Oklahoma more than five minutes knows that those oil prices will go back up. I mean, we always go through cycles with oil. We go through them every, you know, decade or so, these peaks and valleys with oil. And we're in one of the valleys right now. And we're not done. It's not going. It's going to take a while to get back up, but we know it will recover. The problem that Oklahoma will face, I think, with that, Russell, is that we're going to feel the pain of all those jobs being lost. We're going to feel the short term to long term pain of the loss of, of employment for those people that work in that industry. And that's going to be very difficult. Absolutely. It's going to be painful. And we also had several companies here that were not doing well before the downturn, and they may not survive You know this downturn in the economy and in the oil industry because it's just going to be hard for them to lose 50% of their revenue. They couldn't afford to lose that before, and now they're going to lose that You know, maybe 50 or 60% of their revenue in the short run. And there will be companies out there that don't survive, and this is something people should prepare for in the stock market also. There are going to be companies that do not survive this downturn. There will be publicly traded companies that are going to go out of business, and they won't be here a year from now. And I could probably tell you a few of the names. You know, some of them are, are names that have big, big presences here in Tulsa. You know, think about the retail sector. Think about Macy's, J.C. Penney, companies like that. This may be very difficult for them to get through and to survive uh, financially. Uh, it's just they—they they were losing market share before the downturn in the market. Before they were forced to close their stores. Being forced to close their stores is not going to help them any. And having no cash flow is not going to help them, not going to make them any stronger, no matter what, no matter how you slice it. Uh, It's just a bad thing all the way around. I think the oil industry's in a similar boat, but the oil industry can recover. You know, as soon as oil prices go back up, I think the bulk of them will recover. Some of them won't, some will not be around. Can I? People should be prepared for that. Go ahead.
0: I'll just jump in for a second because oil companies, when they went through the last terrible downturn, Learned to get a little leaner and meaner. They had to. They were forced to by market conditions. And so they went into this one with some lessons learned. They'll learn more out of this one. But I think there is one possibility for some of those retail giants is maybe it'll force them to actually, you know, fish or cut bait and figure out a way to stay in business. Because I think you're right. Otherwise, you know, they're, they're looking at a pretty sad future.
2: Well, I think you're absolutely right, and many of them are looking at a sad future. Many of them didn't see the writing on the wall when Amazon came into being and started taking market share for it from them. Walmart is one of the few who I think woke up and realized, hey, we better start having an online presence, and we're going to. And they pushed it really hard, and they've done a fairly decent job with it. But go back and think back to you know 10 years ago, Russell. Remember Blockbuster and Netflix? Think about this, about what happened in that marketplace. Netflix came in and took every piece of market share from Blockbuster, and Blockbuster didn't adapt.
0: And there's going there's to be retailers. One, to do that. I think one blockbuster store in the world left. They're like in Finland or something. It's like right. they just went away. All right. We got to take a quick time out, uh, Dan, but I'll remind folks that you give away books every week. And this week's book is Beating the Dow. You can get your free copy plus an investment strategy called the Dow 10. It's all free. Call Dan's office at 918 398 8387. Be sure to leave your name and address so they can send you that book and that information, 918-398-8387. More money talk after a quick timeout on 1023KRMG, Tulsa's News and Talk. The Money Talk here on 1023 KRMG Tulsa's News and Talk. I'm Russell Mills. Coming up here in about eight minutes or so, your top stories in the KRMG 24-hour Fox News Center and your forecast from our friends at Fox 23. The sun will come out, hopefully later today, but definitely by tomorrow. <laughs> uh, stay tuned next hour Fox News Sunday. If you've got questions for Dan today, you can text him at 95920. Dan gives away books every week. This week, no exception. Sir?
2: Well, thank you, Russell. Yeah, the book this week is called Being the Dow by Michael O'Higgins. It's a great book all about a Dow 10 strategy, buying 10 of the Dow Jones stocks every year and trading them once a year. We'll send you the book for free, plus information on a unit investment trust that does exactly that for you. Very little work required on your part, actually. It's absolutely free. Just give me a call at 918-398-8387. That's 918-398-8387. Just leave us your name and your address when you get our voicemail, and we will send that book out to you absolutely free. No cost and no obligation whatsoever. Russell, I did some work last week. Yeah, yeah, I'll bet you did a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I got onto a software program that I have, and I have a program that is really, really powerful. can do a lot of things for me in different ways and different strategies and things like that. And I uh, was able to come up with a portfolio that I actually implemented last week for many of my clients, put it into place. And it's a portfolio, Russell, that has made about 10% a year over the last couple of years, has a standard deviation of only 2% per year, very little, which is the S&P is normally about 11% by comparison, to give you an idea. Currently, the S&P is at about 93% on standard deviation. Yeah, which is practically 100%. Sorry, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, we're, we're pretty high right now. You're right. This portfolio still has a standard deviation of only 2%. It's been up every single month this year. It hasn't been down in a single month this year. It's averaged 10% a year over the last several years. A very simple portfolio. It's all exchange-traded funds and a couple mutual funds is all it is. Very simple, very low volatility. and Its average return is 10% a year. And so what I mean to say with all this is you don't have to live with crazy volatility in your portfolio. You don't have to lose sleep every night. You can put your money in a portfolio like this and not lose a lot of sleep. It's not going to do... You know, 20% a year, 25% a year. Absolutely not. It's going to have, have lower performance than that. But it also has lower volatility. And that's something that, you know, we, just th- we need to think about. If that's what keeps you in the market, then maybe that's what you need to do. Because you can't, you can't live with a portfolio or you can't have a portfolio you can't live with. And the worst thing you can do is panic and get out and abandon your strategy in the middle of the game. And that's what a lot of people will do, you know, in this kind of market. We'll see a lot of people do that. And there's one thing I want to mention, Russell, on on today's show, really important, I think, that in these times, people are going to be sold a lot of products that they normally wouldn't buy, simply because of market conditions. Our decision-making process kind of gets abbreviated in times like this, and we don't do our homework. We tend to run out and try to buy something that we think is going to be safe, but that may or may not be good for us at the end of the day. And, Russell, you know, I've talked about annuities many times on the show. A uh, few times that subject has come up. <laughs>
0: yes. Rarely has it been w- mentioned in a favorable light. I'll just leave it yes. at
2: that. Well, and this will be one of those times also <laughs> where it's not. Um, I will tell you that 11 out of 10 annuity buyers, Russell, don't know how the product works.
1: <laughs> only 11 out no.
2: of 10? Yeah, only 11 out of 10. Probably don't know how it works. <laughs> if they did, they probably wouldn't buy They're it. Not have bought that. Uh, yeah, and, and sadly, I can tell you many of the agents don't know how they work either that sell them. Uh, especially when you get into the equity index annuities. Those are are crazy complicated. Uh, The variable annuities are fairly straightforward as to how they work, but equity index annuities are extremely complicated. They have a lot of moving parts. They have spreads, they have caps, they have averages, all kinds of things, and they're extremely complicated. One of the reasons I'm not a fan of them is after the first year in most equity index annuities, the insurance company sets the cap and the spread and you're locked in, let's say you have a 10-year contract, Russell, you're locked into the annuity for 10 years, the only guaranteed rate you get from them is in the first year. After the first year, they set the rate. Now, they'll put a floor on it, but the floor is usually very, very low, like 1% or something like that. So, Russell, would you buy a house from, if I was your mortgage banker, and I told you I'm going to finance your house for you, the first year your rate will be 5%, but for the next 29 years, Russell, it's whatever I want it to be.
0: I would Definitely not be comfortable with that, Dan,
2: But you don't think you you wouldn't want to sign that contract? I absolutely wouldn't
0: sign that contract. But the important (laughs) thing is I would read that contract. The second I saw that, I'd be like, ah,
2: no. Well, and that's exactly, you're exactly right. You just mentioned a key point there. You said you would read the contract and many people that buy investment products don't read the contract and not just annuities this happens with all kinds of different products they don't do their homework they don't research it they don't know what they're getting into and they just fly blindly and and accept everything that's told to them you know at face value and they shouldn't you you have to read these contracts you have to look at them because you really have to read an annuity contract i can tell you to find in there that they set the rate after the first year i'll have a floor like i said at one percent or whatever but after the first year the insurance company sets the rate that that thing pays these are called participants rates and caps and lots of different uh, moving parts, but they have the exclusive right to adjust all those moving parts as they see fit.
0: And okay. that leaves you basically helpless because yes. there's no no turning that back and no way to get out of it.
2: Right. You are absolutely powerless, and they're can. And they not even uh, they're not even tied to an index in most cases. The caps and the uh, multiplier's participation rates, as we call them, are not tied to any index or anything. They're just whatever the insurance company deems is appropriate. So they have the unilateral right to adjust what you make on your contract every year after the first year down to the floor, not below the floor, of course. But that's why you've got to do your own work, I'd say. Absolutely. All right.
0: So sum it all up. Please take your time. Think twice. Measure twice. Cut once, and maybe be a good idea to call Dan's office, get a little advice first. You could also get a free book out of the deal. It's called Beating the Dow, and you can get it by calling Dan at 918 398 8387. Do be sure and leave your name and address 918 398 8387. Thanks for listening to Money Talk. We'll be right back here again next Sunday from 10 to 11, live and local on 1023 KRMG, Tulsa's News and Talk.
1: You've been listening to Money Talk with Dan Witham, a Wall Street veteran with over 25 years' experience in the securities industry. The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individuals. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities and advisory services offered through LPO Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC. All investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. Join us again next week for Money Talk.